is literally no event recorded anywhere in the Bible that is described in more detail and precision than the planning, construction, and orientation of the tabernacle. There are two excellent reasons, starting in Exodus 25, verses 8 and 9. Let them construct a sanctuary for me, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I am going to show you, as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture, just so you shall construct it. The Lord of Heaven's armies gave to Moses a very specific command to have the Israelites build a sanctuary for himself, where he would dwell with them. He would dwell with them not only during the almost 500 years preceding the construction of the temple in Jerusalem, but also serve as a model for God dwelling in each of us, a model for the temple of God that resides in each of us who believes. Furthermore, the tabernacle is a picture of the Messiah, not only how he enables our access to the Father through the Son, but also the active role of the Deliverer in the process of building and deploying the sanctuary of God. Let's start with the funding of the tabernacle. In Exodus 25 verses 1 through 7 we read, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. This is the contribution which you are to raise from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet material. Fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, porpoise skins, acacia wood, oil for lighting, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and for the breastpiece. As we see continually when we read the word, any time God says anything three times, we should pay close attention. So, the word contribution is used by the Lord three times at the onset of his command to build the sanctuary. The NASB translation footnotes the term as heave offering. In Hebrew, the word is teromah. Literally, this type of offering is lifted up or heaved. There is another offering mentioned in conjunction with the heave offering, the wave offering. In Hebrew, the word is tenufah. Literally, this type offering is waved before the altar. Together, the heave offering and the wave offering comprise the peace offering, one of five types of offerings. What makes the peace offering unique is when its components are considered together, 
they form the sign of the cross. The fact that the heave offering is the contribution in Exodus 25 clearly points to the Messiah. So where did the contribution originate, forming the very material from which the tabernacle was to be built? Think back to Exodus 3 verses 21 and 22, when the Lord prophesied to Moses, I will grant this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, and the woman who lives in her house, articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters. Thus you will plunder the Egyptians. The prophecy was fulfilled beginning in Exodus chapter 11 verses 2 and 3. Speak now in the hearing of the people that each man ask from his neighbor and each woman from her neighbor for articles of silver and articles of gold. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Furthermore, the man Moses himself was greatly esteemed in the land of Egypt, both in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Then, in Exodus 12, verses 35 to 36, Now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let them have their request. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Now, if you're like me, this incident has always troubled me. The words plunder and plundered grabbed my attention when reading this before. This time, linking this action to the funding of the house of the Lord, I took a closer look. Referring to Strong's Concordance, I tried to find plunder and came up empty. Remembering that Strong's, at least the version in my library, likely uses the King James Version on which to base its concordance, I looked up Exodus 3 verses 21 to 22 in the KJV. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty, but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and that of her that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Looking up Strong's number 5337, I found to snatch away, whether in a good or bad sense. In the good sense, the Hebrew word used 
for spoil here is not, sir, which can mean, as is often the case in that language, more than one thing. In the case of not, sir, this word can also mean deliver or rescue. The word is used also in Genesis 32.11. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. Natsur is also found in Psalm 59, verses 1 and 2. Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Let me securely on high away from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who do iniquity and save me from men. Isaiah, in chapter 14, verse 2, offers some clarity. The peoples will take them along and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel will possess them as an inheritance in the land of the Lord, as male servants and female servants, and they will make their captors captive and will rule over their oppressors. It should come as no surprise if you connect the funding of the tabernacle to God's prophecy to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, verses 13-14, God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed four hundred years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. The key concepts here are judgment and deliverance. Both concepts are highly characteristic of the Messiah. It seems the, the pre-incarnate Messiah is active in the funding of the tabernacle, the very dwelling place of God. First, he was responsible for assembling all the resources for the project, men and material, delivered from the hand of Israel's enemies. Also, and most importantly, in the process, Messiah has brought his judgment on Egypt, both the nation and its inhabitants. It seems that the confused disciples walking with the risen Jesus only needed some help, realizing their messianic expectations were not completely wrong. It appears that the Messiah was alive and active even before the birth of the Savior. The vision of the disciples was only perception bias, limited by their immediate situation. They needed to widen their gaze and reflect on events manifested centuries earlier. More on this next time. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God.